Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash nmvpod. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Never Made Varsity Podcast. My name is Aaron. I am currently shirtless because I'm really hot from Focky today. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. Wow. I don't think they needed to know that, but I'm glad you shared. This is a podcast. There's no well, visuals here. The first they could thing have you said into- when you got on the call, David, was I didn't expect to see a shirtless Aaron. So well, I just wanted to emulate doesn't... your experience. <laughs> This is now the Aaron Friedman experience, free of charge. Uh, What's up, everybody? Uh, Zendaya is Michi. You can find me on Twitter, (laughs) at Colby Complains, all one word. Oh, man. (laughs) What a start to this podcast. My name is David Rivero. Uh, I had a 15-hour marching band day yesterday, and you can find me on Twitter, at D underscore River underscore O. Howdy, y'all. It's the Heartbreak Kid, Maverick. You can find me on Twitter at Heartbreak underscore underscore kid. So how was y'all's weekends? What just happened? <laughs> I have no I, idea. I, I, got up to, I got up to go turn on my fan and it was silent when I got back. That's what happens I'm gonna keep when it, leave. I'm going to keep it real. I'm used to Colby starting off this conversation. <laughs> That's why yeah, I said he should week. be our dungeon master when we start playing Dungeons and Dragons. Oh my god! He really should. We'll get to that. <laughs> anyway. Well, yeah, how was y'all's week? I missed talking to y'all like outside of this. Yeah, we were kind of quiet this week, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, just little big things. I mean, we always just do like little things in our group when things come up, but at least I think for all of us, we were kind of a busy week. Yeah, I'm always busy. Yeah, this kind of this was definitely my busiest week that I've had so far. But because I had, uh, it was a weird week in general. It's been like it's like the first. I think I think it's only the second full week that we've had of school, but just because, like, of the hurricane and we've had some weird days and yada yada yada. And so it was just a weird week because it was like, oh man, I have to teach for five days now, and then, <laughs> and then uh. On one of the days, we lost power in the school during my sixth grade class. And so that was a chore to get my kids to uh, relax <laughs> after that. But uh, yesterday, we had our first marching band competition. And it was, a, well, first two because we did a double. We did two a day. And it went really well. We are 60% freshmen in our group. And we went to our first competition place first place color guard first place percussion first place general effect uh, and place second in our class i think and then 
we went to our next competition, placed first in our class, first music, first marching, second general effect, first color guard, second percussion. So overall, pretty good weekend. I am just exhausted. So what role do you play with the marching band? So I'm kind of like a catch-all. Like I help out every single group. Since I'm at the middle mm-hmm. school, like my school day ends and rehearsal has already been going on for about an hour, hour and a half. So I think. So an hour, hour and a half. And so when I get there, it's like, okay, what can I – I'm here to fix as much as I can in what little time I'm here. So that's pretty much my role. Just okay. extra set of that's eyes. cool. Yeah. Do they like you? I think so. I like to think so. I know a lot of the kids already because I went to high school there. <laughs> do you go by Mr. Rivero? I do. I Although I ran into the problem this week that a lot of them can't remember how to pronounce Rivero. What? Like, I have no idea. Like, I to it. Like, I had a kid, one of my chorus kids saw me in the hallway, and she was like, hey, Mr. R... Uh, and she, like, just stopped talking and kept walking. <laughs> like, didn't even try <laughs> to finish it. I was like, wow. That, that's like it's today at Focky. Today at Focky, when they were uh, doing the starting lineups, it was not the normal announcer. And it was a college student, and he got caught up on every single name and every single number. Oh, no. And I felt really bad for him, but it was so funny. <laughs> it was like on Sundays at baseball games how usually they have like an inning where they'll have a kid announce the players coming up to bat and when there's a hard name they're like and now batting for the Cincinnati Reds number seven Anthony <laughs> but yeah that was my week how about y'all um, I got a hundred week- on an exam this week that's what's up what exam? Analytical chemistry. Nice. Yeah, I'm happy about it. You're um, so smart. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really do much else. Uh, my week was good. Uh, a lot of good sales happening. We sold like 200 some. Uh, the first week of um selling tickets, which was really really good. Uh, past our goal. Um, so yeah. This week will be interesting because now we're like out of the warm leads and we have to start, you know, actually selling. Makes sense. So, we'll see how that goes. I believe in you. At mine, I, I was for mine, it's a similar sort of thing where we kind of had a month where we were able just kind of to get our, our footing for everything and how the whole job is going to work, selling and speaking and so forth. Um, luckily, like I actually just got some reviews done with my supervisor. And I actually got approved uh, in a couple of weeks. I'm actually going to get some new responsibilities. I'll start doing hotel reservations as well as ticket sales, um, which includes some extra bonuses, hopefully, and so forth. So it was a very busy week for this. So I didn't really have a much ch- chance like, to really get into my content that I usually am able to, being the content king and all. <laughs> yeah. We're totally recording this second, by the way, and not first. Um, oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So let's jump let's jump into a good segue. Um Mav and I both like not at the same time, but we both watched Maniac on Netflix. Uh I mentioned it a little last week. Well yeah, it's a show with uh Jonah Hill and Emma Stone, um both in a drug trial uh for this new experimental therapy. 
And it's a very weird show and a very fun show, and I really enjoyed it. Mav, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I think it does a really good job of tackling very serious issues with, of course, in addressing themes of mental illness, but yet not taking itself too seriously at the same time. And just re- it does a really good job of highlighting like what it's like for someone to, to have a mental illness and what's going through their mind, what, how they're thinking about things. Because it does a lot of visuals and it sort of goes into the minds of Jonah Hill's character and Emma Stone's character. Like what they're experiencing as they're going through this trial, um, what's supposed to be the effects. But also, I think it's also like a lot of irony in a juxtaposition because they're being tested by these world-renowned doctors um, trying to fix these mental illnesses and who they themselves have their own sort of vices. Were you yeah. able to, did you notice that? Like, um, there's a doctor, her name is Dr. Azumi, and, I mean, she's one of the leading people in this trial, yet she is a chain smoker at heart. And so she has her own battles with addiction, yet she's figuring out, like, these trials, how to fix these sort of issues. Yeah, she was good. Justin Thoreau's character, Dr. Mantoray, which is a fantastic science fiction name, uh, Dr. Mantoray was really great. So uh, was Sally Field. I won't say much about her character because it's interesting and layered and kind of a spoiler, but Sally Field also pretty great. Uh, if you're a person that likes Easter eggs, there are Easter eggs in every part of the show that it goes into like i don't know matt if you m- notice uh, a moon in every different scenario like in one jonah hill was wearing a worn moon jersey um in another they were uh emma stone's character was following the moon it was like i actually did not catch that one yeah but i did so notice really though there's a lot of recurring imagery though and I, mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily catch the moon but there's different phrases that are said um by different people in different parts during the show, also just images and certain items also. Like the Don Quixote stuff, there's stuff that has references to Don Quixote. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's de- several different situations where it always just seems to come back up. Yes. The whole show's kind of like a... I don't want to say like a retelling of Don Quixote, but it's like a... It definitely pulls on the themes of that book. Anyway, Maniac. It's a great show. Um, I think it's going to be up for a lot of awards recognition for Emma Stone. Um, I thought that was... I don't... I like Emma Stone. I don't love Emma Stone, but I think that's some of the best acting I've seen her do in a very long time. She keeps looking at me with them big old eyes. (laughs) (laughs) And Jonah Hill playing a very muted version of himself, or not of himself, but like a very muted character when a lot of his are very out there. So I liked it. I liked it a lot. Nice. I was, I'm interested. I have, I know nothing about that series and it was a shock to me to hear that Jonah Hill and Emma Stone are in it. Yeah. What is that? A super bad reunion? I think so. Yes, a super yeah. bad. Oh wow, I didn't even think about that. That whole show just changed <laughs> for you, didn't it? <laughs> oh wow. And they were even together in Super Bad. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. 
but it's a good show. I very much enjoyed it. Um, I have started. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Keep going. Oh, You're go, good. Go. No, no, go. Oh, go. I was going to say that. <laughs> I was going to say that I have started my. I want to say this is my fourth time rewatching. <laughs> rewatching uh, The Last Airbender. <laughs> Just to keep it uh, consistent with last week. This is my fourth time <laughs> rewatching. So I am on uh, the first book, Water. I'm on like literally like episode six. So <laughs> I'll let y'all know how that goes. Uh, speaking of The Last Airbender, uh, from the head writer of The Last Airbender, I mentioned it last week, uh, finished The Dragon Prince on Netflix. Uh, enjoyed it a lot. I think it definitely got better as the season went on. Uh, the characters are very full, even though it's only nine episodes. You get a good glimpse of who they are. Very diverse uh, group of characters that you don't really see in a high fantasy type of show. Um, it's fun. It's just a good time. It feels like a less anime-inspired version of Avatar. It's like Avatar, but if it was Game of Thrones. Ooh. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Don't do that. That's that's a lofty comparison. <laughs> it's not as good as Avatar or Game of Thrones. It's like you opinion, know it's what are the what are the best animated shows ever made? Plus, what are the most cinematic shows ever made? <laughs> it's just a mix between those two, casually. It, it's like if Avatar was made in the world of Game of Thrones. Gotcha. So that I might actually watch. And what I really like is it on Netflix, Hulu? What kind of Netflix? Netflix, okay. It's on Netflix, so definitely, definitely check it out. Um, but I'm interested to see David as you move on through um, through Avatar. How you're how you're liking it? How are you watching it? Are you watching it like in a in a good way, or should we move on? We should move on. Okay. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for asking. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about Kathleen Kennedy. Uh, Mav, you got it. Yeah, I was about to say, like, this is your, this is, you have the floor, sir. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I believe it was two days ago. It was, I believe the Hollywood Reporter was the one credited with the first breaking the news that Kathleen Kennedy of Lucasfilm has been extended for three extra years until 2021. Um, and thus created somewhat of a firestorm on the Twitterverse and social media as a whole because for years now there has been growing disdain uh, for the Star Wars franchise under the helm of Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm under Disney. Uh, so definitely there are several Star Wars fans. That is not the news that many fans were wanting to hear. Uh, but it's definitely, I mean, under Disney though, it's still, in terms of box office and monetary success i mean this has been heights for star wars and the franchise but i was wanting to see what y'all possibly thought about the situation are you good with having kathleen kennedy extended um or do you think it's not necessarily a great move or maybe because the big thing with me she's been a producer for over 30 years now and i mean she's been on so many successful projects she's been in the indiana jones universe she did the goonies i mean she's produced so many 
highly successful films, um, but just given, I think, the passion that the Star Wars fan base has that people have begun to not like her, given the, uh, the choices of, like, Episode 7, 8, and some of the other films. Those people should get over it. I think that <laughs> the the only real misstep that I've seen her make in recent memory because again i only started following star wars in 2015 um is solo which still made a lot of money at the box office but nowhere near what they were expecting it to make and i think uh disney and kathleen kennedy learned their lesson from that that you can't just put out any star wars movie and expect people to run to the theaters to see it uh, I, if I'm correct, 2021 uh, sees her through one last main main saga story in the launch of the uh, Disney streaming service. And there are no other projects that are planned, like actually set in stone uh, past 2019. Absolutely, no, and they were kind of sprinkling that into the report as well, where they've reiterated the report that Bob Iger said that not that they're completely halting the production of any new projects for Star Wars, because they still have uh, the John Favreau live-action series that will probably be debuting on the Disney streaming service. Still might be some other anthology films in somewhat in certain level of production, but at the same time, they're going to take it a little bit slower, and with with Kathleen coming back, they said that they're going to still focus on though now from going forward, making original Star Wars stories. Which I feel like that is a welcome thing for fans. I think so. Um, again, I didn't like Solo very much, and I think a more original story would be beneficial to the Star Wars saga. Well, well, let me take that back. I think Solo is a fine movie. Don't lie to me. Um, but it... <laughs> I, I, say that I said don't lie to me like that. No, it's, it was it was fine. It was okay, I, I guess. But honestly, like, when I think about, like, Star Wars canon, like, I, I, I gen- like, not even on purpose, I genuinely forget that Solo is a thing. Like, I forget the continent of that movie. I still and haven't even impact. seen it. <laughs> And the impact that it supposedly has on the Star Wars universe, like I just, like that should not be the case for a Star Wars movie. I, I, I put Solo with what I think of the rest of not the rest. Well, yeah, I'll say the rest of the everything that takes place chronologically before Episode Four. They are fine movies by themselves that, when put together, make for a very unsatisfying story. But, like, it was fine. In the box office, it did okay. Um, So I think everything other than that that Kathleen Kennedy has done has been really, really good for Star Wars and for the fans. So, sure, yeah, extended. I think it's a a good idea. I – so can you – any of y'all confirm, only because I don't remember, was not having J.J. Abrams back to – almost said conduct – back to direct – uh, episode eight was that a gun? Dis- not a ga- not a gun. Uh, who am I? Why am I forgetting? J.J. Abrams. I'm sorry. I'm having a conniption. <laughs> was having J.J. Abrams not direct 
episode eight a him decision or was that like a oh we want somebody else to direct this movie i definitely think it was a little bit of both because there was really no plan because right after seven came out like jj said this was kind of like his one-time thing and they had virtually already had ryan johnson picked really before seven came out and then they also had colin trevorrow already selected virtually for episode nine too so i think the plan was like the original trilogy was to have three different directors um while under one producer, like Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm as a whole, still having three different directors, though, going through the trilogy. Now, it was a sort of thing once once 8 came out and they saw the reaction and how different it was, they knew that J.J. Abrams was someone who really rekindled the passion through Episode 7 because a lot of people really enjoy 7. And so it was, it was, I think it was somewhat of a safety pick for Episode 9 because they are like, Okay, he, we know that he can bring that success, and people like what he puts on the screen for the Star Wars franchise. See, my so somewhat of a safe pick. My only issue with Kathleen Kennedy is the fact that I get the vibe that they came in to do this Star Wars universe without a solid plan. Like it kind of just feels like like they did Episode Seven, and then they were like, "Well, where do we go from here?" Like there are so many, th- and I'm not gonna, I'm going to hold off on all of these judgments until. or at least most of these judgments until after Nine comes out because they might get tied up in Nine, but like. It just seems like they they started all of these story arcs and these potential plot lines that just kind of whimpered out because they didn't have a real plan for them, if that makes sense. That's that's true. Like, uh, what J.J. Abrams does is his his mystery box thing. You can see it in, in Lost, specifically, where he just, like, puts a bunch of different mysteries inside of a property that he's working on and kind of goes from there. So he put all these mysteries into episode seven with no plan to resolve himself. Yeah. So that might not be a Kathleen Kennedy problem, but from a story standpoint, like it just feels like there's not, there was never a solid plan. And that kind of bugs me from a story perspective. And I don't know if that—I so, I just yeah. don't know if that was a Kathleen Kennedy thing, or if that was just a James Gunn thing, or, or like what the deal was. You keep saying James Gunn. I keep—I—I I, <laughs> James Gunn and J.J. Abrams are like interchangeable for me, and I don't know why. <laughs> They're very different directors. They are, but they just like—I feel like they just are the same spiky-haired white guy that directs movies. Like, <laughs> so I, I, and as a fan who is like deeply invested in canon. I think you have a very valid point, and it is shared by many like die-hard Star Wars fans. And really, the other thing too has been is that not only have they planned ahead, but they haven't done a good job of really making sure the people involved are completely immersed in the canon. Um, like some of the resounding things that fans have picked up on, like uh, they were doing an interview with Domhnall Gleeson, uh, I believe, for Episode Seven or Episode Eight. And they were talking to him about his character. And one of the interviewers mentioned his General Hux's first name, which is Armitage. And he's like, I didn't even know that. And it was because that was only re- revealed in like a book. But it was a very prominent book. Uh, and this actually, it was the episode seven novelization. And it was the sort of thing like if they're going to introduce these characters and introduce lore that's important to them, that the actors themselves should at least know about those kind of backgrounds so they can better portray the character i'll i'll counter that with knowing 
General Hux's first name is Armitage is not integral to who General Hux is as a character. It's more or less of the big point, though, of still having a deeper understanding of the character. So uh, another thing um, in episodes end with Laura Dern, um, she didn't understand that her character was best friends with Leia when they were kids, that they both kind of went through a piloting class together. Um, and general things about her childhood that was revealed in a very popular book before episode eight came out. And like general backstory stuff. I mean, it's not totally a big deal because not not everyone's going to read the books as well, but for a diehard fan, it's, it's still a little bit confusing that they have these canon books that are coming out and are strongly, it's very clearly said that these are canon yet they're not using the information in those books in the overarching story. I don't think that those things are necessary to tell a complete story. A a complete story within the movies. I think it's good to flesh out characters beyond the movies for novels and for that reason. I don't necessarily think that those things are integral to the story that they're trying to tell on screen. I would argue that it's just not good world. I feel like they're not like this new series is not good at world building. Like as far like think about like the original trilogy and how good it was at establishing like there's just this crazy like giant world and it's wondrous and there's like it, it, there's crazy crap in it and it's like when you think about this new series like what like I'm trying to think of the planets we've gone like what Jakku and like the casino place as like the are like the two that I can think of and neither of them were particularly the, the salt the salt mine and the salt mine okay I'll give them the salt mine I'll give them the salt mine planet but that of like to have one place that I can think of that's like sticks out in my mind it's and a, also the the planet with Luke eh I'll I'll give you that one but I'm not personally a huge like like it was okay but like it didn't do anything for me like. It just it was just an island to like to me. <laughs> I wasn't like, I mean, oh man, like this planet. A half is just a bunch of snow. <laughs> but listen, but then you have you have like tauntauns and you know the the uh oh my gosh I'm gonna I'm gonna die because I can't remember the name of the freaking monster that you got the big blue milk walrus dudes. Don't even bring that up in my face. You can't just <laughs> say that to me. <laughs> that is the best scene in the Last Jedi, and you know it's it. It's the best scene in all of Star Wars <laughs> history. <laughs> Anyway, we've talked about Star Wars for so long. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think bringing, I think I think to answer the original question, Kathleen Kennedy has has done a lot of good for Star Wars. So I think it's a good move going forward. I think she deserves. I the would sh- agree for the. I would agree. I think she deserves. I think she deserves the chance. I I'm not. I'm not. I'm a fan of the extension because she deserves the chance to flesh out the rest of this. So, Aaron, you there, bud? Yes, I'm alive. I think that David's <laughs> viewpoint's good. Like, like her or not, I think that it would be irresponsible to completely change the direction before everything's over. If once we're done with this string of movies, they want to move on, then I think that's a fair decision to make. But I think that changing the direction... Uh, significantly changing the direction in the middle of the series would not be a smart move to make. Well, I think it's the catch-22 because 
on one hand, when you bring in J.J. Abrams to do uh, The Force Awakens, what you're going to get is a a very good Star Wars movie. You're going to get a new hope with a mystery box. That's what you're going to get. And it was a good new, a new hope with a mystery box. But when you don't bring him back, you have a bunch of mysteries that never come that don't ever get answered. If you bring in a Ryan Johnson to make episode seven, you're probably going to get a lot of movie that uh, you're going to get a lot of people that don't agree with the direction that these movies are going in because it doesn't feel familiar. So I get what they're trying to do. I think the obvious fix is just to have JJ Abrams direct all three, but I don't think that was ever the plan. I don't think it was either. Your point. What were you saying? I was just saying that, so I was kind of zoned out, but she's the producer, right? Yes. So that's a pretty important role. I think that getting rid of her now would just not be a responsible thing because that's something on the magnitude of replacing J.J. Abrams with Brian Johnson. Absolutely. And And making that change again, I just don't think that it would be worthwhile. And to that point, I think the criticism has been that you shouldn't make drastic changes in the middle of things, yet in two films they made drastic changes in the middle of things. Yeah. Not to the magnitude like, of changing a producer, but two directors at two separate films were changed in the middle of things. Whether or not she people. whether or not she is the best possible person for the job, at this point you're in too deep to just get rid of her, in my opinion. It's like firing your head coach in the middle of the season. Exactly. Or switching your Let's quarterback. I'd say it's like the coach like the day before signing. Let's call this or audible. Firing your GM in the middle of training camp. Yes. Exactly. At the Panthers. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back to more content corner stuff in a second. But first, this segment is brought to you by Audible. For you, the listeners have never made Varsity, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I am now finally currently listening to an absolutely remarkable thing by Hank Green uh, through Audible. You can download it or another audiobook free by trying audible.com. Now, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash nmvpod. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash nmvpod for your free audiobook. Um, I'll talk about an absolutely remarkable thing in a second, but first, speaking of changing things like an audible, does, is your book genre taste different than your taste in TV or movies? For me personally, no, I think like that high fantasy, like, or like kind of like mystery kind of genre, like sci-fi fantasy mystery genre is like right up my alley alley for literature and for uh tv or movies in general not a big horror fan that shows up in movies and in and in uh novels i can never really read a horror novel i don't know about y'all uh i have never read a horror novel so that's just but me that just might be just because i've never been that interested in horror um i think for me i the books i read are a lot more 
com- coming of age stories, and while I do enjoy coming of age stories, I like tentpole movies and TVs. TVs. I like tentpole movies and television, and I'm not sure if there's a really good um, analog for tentpole books. If that makes sense. That's yeah. It's hard to have like a very big pop culture hit book because books are. Um, consumed in a very different way. More similar to d- TV, but in a different way than movies. So, yeah. I like being a part of the conversation. <sighs> I think I'm a little bit like David, where I share in um, uh, sci-fi and fantasy for both, but I'd say definitely more in television and film. I extend more into like historical fiction as well where I don't really cover that as much in book form. Book really just because it's sci-fi fantasy because I need something, especially when I'm reading, to really capture my imagination uh, and be something really unique and different in order to get me hooked on it. Otherwise, I can get somewhat bored. I hate to say that, but I can get bored really quickly. No, you're good. Oh, for uh, uh, David's talk. Check, check. Aaron's talking right now. Okay. I'm sorry. I I know I know okay, that we're we're talking about content. I know we're, that we're talking about yes, content right now. I know we're talking about content right now. I know we're talking about content right now. But Baker Mayfield's first completion of the day goes to Raiders quarterback Gary on Conley, who returns it for a touchdown. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's the kind of content I love. So anyways, before I was so rudely interrupted. <laughs> the king of interruptions was interrupted. Um, <laughs> I also have a relatively similar book and TV, slash, TV show slash movie taste. Um, in that I'm also very big into sci-fi and fantasy. But I think that in books I'm into more intense things whereas in movies and TV shows I want things that are more lighthearted. Um, because I think it's easier to separate yourself from the action going on in a book than it is from a movie or a TV show and so when something's more intense in a movie sometimes that can turn me off because I don't want like sometimes I feel like bogged down after I watch something really intense like some episodes of Breaking Bad, I like needed to digest for a while afterwards. Whereas I feel like in a lot of books, it's easier to just get back to what you were doing beforehand and go about your day afterwards. But maybe Audio I'm just not. Maybe I'm just not reading the right books, though. Audiobooks are weird because I sometimes in the very intense spots, I have to like take a break and <laughs> come back to it later when it gets when it gets hairy. So yeah, it's interesting. This is a very long content corner. <laughs> eh. So are we It's longer. Longish. Longish. Um but one of those intense things I was talking about or thinking about was an absolutely remarkable thing by Hank Green, which uh came out on September 25th and is, is uh, available in bookstores everywhere. I'm listening to it on Audible and it's very good. It's a lot different than a John Green book because, you know, they're different people. 
but it's a very interesting take on internet fame and how the social internet is affecting us um, while also being an urban sci-fi type of book. So if that's something that you're interested in, check out An Absolutely Remarkable Thing. I really, really am enjoying it. I have about an hour left. I'll probably finish it um, by the time the day is over. And then I'll be mad because I have to wait for Hank to write the second book to get the ending of the story. But An Absolutely Remarkable Thing is very good. And I'd like to see it. I like to, I'd like to know what, how it ends. So, yeah. Uh, Aaron. Yes. Stranger Things. Yeah. Um, I finished, did I finish season one last week? I don't even remember. I don't think so. I think I was going up to the season finale. Um, I thought that the end of season one was very, very well done. Um, it closed up most of the story of season one, but also opened up some new questions that led right into season two. Um... And I started season two last week, and I am through episode four right now. I think that the change in pacing is something that has been really interesting so far. Because I think also part of it is just that I'm binge-watching them back-to-back, whereas most people watched season one before season two was out, so they had all that time between. But I really like the different pacing in season two in that it's a lot more anticipatory kind of similar to the difference between seasons one and two of Riverdale where I think because I'm watching it all at once I don't mind that it's a little slower paced and there's a lot more into the build up of things Hmm. I like season two more than season one personally except for that one episode and when you get to that one episode you'll know what it is yeah um but everything but that episode, I really enjoyed in season two. Who's your favorite character? I'm a sucker for Steve. <laughs> season two Steve is I great. Really I really like season two Steve. I like season one Steve. <laughs> I didn't think he was that bad. I mean, Jonathan's I, a creep. Jonathan's grown on me a lot more. Also, they made him look a lot less like a creep in season two. Bob, he was taking pictures down. of people in the bushes. Spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> My favorite is so definitely creepy. Dustin. Of course, Dustin's, Dustin's the best. But Bob, mic drop. Not even gonna, we're not even going to get into it. Bob is a great character. That is a fantastic character. <laughs> And I wish I remember that actor's name because he did a great job. He's also, been in a lot of stuff. Hopper is really good, too. Oh, yes. I love Hopper. I feel like there's not uh, a bad character in the whole show. But now you've expressed interest in playing D&D. Yes. I mean, I was interested in it before, but I think because the show is like kind of framed around it, and, like, they call their friend group their party. It's, like, gotten me more interested in playing it. I think it would be fun. We don't have a dungeon master. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea how it actually works, because I, I was a RuneScape person. That was probably the deepest down any kind RuneScape. Of... <laughs> Heck yeah. That was, the, that was the deepest down any kind of, that kind of gaming hole that I ever went down. I never did D&D. 
or Magic the Gathering or anything like that. I collected Yu-Gi-Oh cards. It's an honorable mention in that world. Had all five pieces of Exodia. Wow. For all you Yu-Gi-Oh fans out there. <laughs> See, I don't know. What, it's like, how does it even work? How does D&D work? Yes. You run campaigns and they're like Just stories. What? Whatever. That's the, ma- so like That's the, the magic. The, the dungeon master has like a, a story planned out and you have to like figure out how to get to the end of the story. And the dungeon master like determines everything that happens along the way. And you like roll and, like, die the- to determine outcomes on things and you're Characters have different traits and things. So it's like a board game RPG that open kind of. Though, the open-endedness makes me feel uneasy. I don't know why. That's why you need a good dungeon master. Maybe that is. This may be a good point. So if you'd like to DM for us or um, Game Master for us, because I have a tabletop uh, RPG that's sitting in my Google Drive, uh, yeah, hit us up. We'd love to play. Sounds fun. We can make it like a side thing that we do. But yeah. Cool. Uh, Big Brother finale was on Wednesday. I still haven't watched the whole second half of the season, but I read about the finale. I hate Swaggy. That was the worst thing ever. Yeah. Good lord. So, for David and Mav, uh, there was a showmance on Big Brother this year. Between Brett and Angela. Or between Brett and Rockstar, I mean. A secret showmance. Uh, There there is a showmance between uh, this man uh, named Christopher, who went by Swaggy, and this girl named Bailey. Um, they were on the show together for 23 days, and then Swaggy was evicted. Uh, he went home and spent time with Bailey's family a lot, apparently. Um, and then on finale night, the first time he had seen her in like two months, he proposed to get married. Say what now? What? Like marriage. And did she say yes? She did say yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, hey, to each their own. Now, when y'all were, we were first talking about this all those weeks ago, introducing it, and I gave it somewhat of a try. Is Bailey the one that was the robot? No, that's Sam. No, that was Sam. Sam, okay. Um, also, we learned that while they were in the house together, uh, the, uh, Bailey is now with child. Oh. <laughs> oh! <laughs> well, oh. <laughs> oh, brother. There is wow. a further update to that, though, Colby. There is? Oh, did you not see her Instagram post? No. She miscarried. Oh, no. Huh, go for she it. miscarried um, uh, while no. she was in jury. Oh? Huh? Yeah. That's sad. It's sad, because even if you don't like them, it's just unfortunate for that to happen to anybody. Yeah. I just saw that. Um, I just clicked on that post. Yeah. 
Um, is the engagement still? There? Yes, I believe so. Interesting. I'm happy th- for them, but it doesn't feel the same as like Jess and Cody or Brennan and Rachel or Jeff and Jordan because they all grew into their relationships over at least a year. And yeah, yeah. they were 23 days. Also, oh, but actually Jess talking is about the game Casey won. Yeah. Jess is pregnant? Yeah, Jess is pregnant. Oh, that's cool. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Casey won. And there's an argument that could be made that she deserved it, but I think Tyler played a better game. But I'm willing to entertain the argument that Casey deserved a win. I didn't watch the whole second half, so I can't really comment. But she was on my fantasy well, team, and I lost by one point because Tyler got AFP, which is not normal for a top three. Who won, Chelsea? Yes, by one point, and I am bitter. Oh, well. I came in last in Big Brother Fantasy, and that's kind of how all my fantasy seasons are going, except for Fantasy Movie League. Fantasy I'm Movie in League? I'm second right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you, like, except pick for movies movie and League. you're winning based on how much they get at the box office? Exactly. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing really well this week. Smallfoot Zendaya's Michi is pulling me through. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my mother just went to go see that with my little sister, so I'm interested. I heard it's I heard it's fine. That's all you can ask for for a kids movie. Yeah. So how do the logistics so. of that work? Because is I know my dad plays fantasy golf. And the way that works is based on money as well. But that, you can only pick a golfer once the whole season. So how do movies work? Can you only pick a studio X number of times, or is it like a budget? So you have a $1,000 budget every week. And every movie, um, based on projections, uh, has a different cost attached to it. Oh, that makes sense. This is about to be great Um, in the NFL. uh, We're about to get another tie. Anyway, uh, again, we recorded this episode uh, second. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm in second. I have two screens out of my eight with small foot on them. So, doing well. But I think it's time for us to get out of here. Oh, I didn't talk about forever. I'll do that another week. (laughs) Because we need to move on to, like, the sports. Sporty sports. Well, I'll say this. Um, are you kidding Ooh. me? Oh, we're going to have a very happy, uh, <laughs> a very happy uh, sports episode. <laughs> are you Billy <laughs> Rocking? <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get to that, or I guess you've already heard that. Uh, but first, forever, Maya Rudolph, uh, Fred Armisen, uh... The premise of the show is a spoiler, but it's very good. I actually finished it this week, and I highly recommend it. It also has the mom from Get Out. Uh, she's a main character in season one as well. Um, also, the dean of the school in Dear White People. A lot of people from Netflix shows are in Forever, which is on Amazon Prime, which is weird, but it's uh, it's a good show. So, watch Forever. My Rudolph and Fred Armisen, funny as always. All right, that's all I got. Liddy. All right. Are, 
or is it time to go definitely do nothing else because we already recorded the sports episode? Exactly. Yeah, We're going to go. see you guys next week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you on Sunday. Uh, but for now, uh, you can find us at tinyurl.com slash nevermatevarsity. Leave us a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. Anything you liked or didn't like, be sure to let us know via our Twitter at nevermatepod. Thank you to Audible for sponsoring the show. For your 30-day free trial, go to audibletrial.com slash nmvpod. Thank you, David Cutter, for the music. Uh, see you on Sunday. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.